the um, pileated woodpeckers back in the early 1900s were almost um, driven to extinction because they were hunted for their feathers, which were used on women's hats. Good job, ladies. <laughs> Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast, where today, in episode two of season three, we're going to take you on a wild ride of winter wings and other things. Welcome. That was my husband, Bill. My name's Winnie. We are the owners of Quiet Shutter Fine Art and Photography. The way we do our podcast is we will post nine photos to our Instagram and Facebook accounts. So you can follow along and look at the pictures we're talking about while you're listening or refer back to them later if you're driving. Before we get started, we want to thank Anchor Podcasting, which is a free podcast platform. You can access it from the web or an app on your smartphone. And who else do we want to thank? Well, we want to thank our son, Andy, for our sound. He's uh, set us up nicely. So thanks, Andy. And we also want to thank um, Pixabay for our season three music. I think it's kind of epic. So, Bill, it's winter in northern Michigan. How do you feel about that? I don't like winter in northern Michigan all that much. But we try to make the best of it, don't we? We do. Wish there was just a little more sunshine around here once in a while. You know, a little more sunshine, and I wouldn't mind the winter at all. Right. Honestly. Right. Yeah, that, the cold doesn't bother me as much as the lack of sunshine. In northern Michigan, for some reason, and the reason is probably that we're surrounded by large bodies of water, Yes, we tend to be socked in with clouds most of the winter. So it makes for um, gray days, the days are short, and uh, it can get depressing. So we do our best to try and get out and... Um, Try and see the best of winter. And generally that means a, a drive directly north to Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Yeah, we're fortunate to live only about 45 minutes from there. So it's a nice jump on the highway and go for us. Right. So um, we often will see wildlife in the UP. We take our cameras and... Um, and we see what we can see. Sometimes we have something in mind. And generally, lately, what we've had in mind is that we would like to find a great gray owl. Yep. We haven't seen a gray in two years, actually. Has it been two years? Maybe or? longer. Maybe longer. So that's always our goal. But our second goal is to see this time of year to find snowy owls because they are also impressive. We have much more luck finding snowy owls than great gray owls. Yeah, we per pretty much see at least one snowy every time we go out. Um, this year's been a kind of a good year. We've seen several of them on trips, so um, that's good. But we have also been pretty lucky in finding some other things along the way, too. Right. So let's go to our first picture of the day. All righty. And you can tell me what you see. Uh, this is uh, a big 
bald eagle. Um, and we actually spotted this one right off of I-75. Uh, it's a major freeway through Michigan. I and think that there was um, a roadkill. I think there was a deer dead on the side of the road. Right. We first noticed there was a lot of ravens. Yeah, and that's always an indicator. If there's a lot of ravens in the same trees or you can see them hopping up out of the snowbank and here and there, there's there's a roadkill there. And then the next thing we do is we start looking for eagles. <laughs> and Yes, because our great American bird are opportunists. Scavengers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they are not picky about what they eat. No, they're not. So they will take advantage of a um, great opportunity <laughs> when there is dead animals on the side of the road. So we saw this beautiful, this was a nice, beautiful, large, mature bald eagle sitting in a tree. Now, are you supposed to pull over and stop on the side of an interstate highway? I don't know. I don't know. I know you're not supposed to walk down the side of the road. We never do that. I don't think you're supposed to pull over. Probably not. I'm not sure, though. I mean, uh, maybe if there's an emergency. Yeah. But do you think seeing a big, beautiful bald eagle on what was a rare sunny day in the UP of I Michigan, was, I think that's an emergency. I thought it was a, a need to fill my soul with a little bit of life and sunshine. So We weren't actually planning to pull over on the side of the highway. So in the wintertime, when we take pictures out from our car, there's a few things that we have to do to be prepared. And one is, number one, have the camera out of its case and That's turned on, put together. <laughs> so um, quickly, we had to pull the camera out of the bag, put the lens hood on, you know, uh, turn the camera on, get the settings right. So that's that's problem number one. Yep. Problem number two in the wintertime is that the car is nice and toasty warm, and outside is, I think this day was pretty frigid. That's one thing about northern Michigan in particular. In the winter, if it's sunny out, it's almost always right around zero, sometimes below zero. It's yeah. cold. It was cold. like Clear three days, degrees. clear nights are really cold around here. It was here. cold. So when you roll down your window to take a picture, all of that heat starts to exit the car and it creates um weird atmosphere in the air around the car so as you're trying to take a picture it obscures the clear view you know it's kind of looking like looking through fog or you know when you're driving down a highway in the summertime and you see the heat rising and it looks like a mirage it's the same thing the heat is rising that's the same thing you're seeing Right. So Only it, it's rolling out of the car that you're rolling sitting out in. Of the car. So it obscures your, it obscures the lens from getting a nice clear picture. So when we know we're going to take a picture, we turn the heat off. Yep. We roll all the windows down in the car so that any body heat from us, you know, can exit quickly. Right. And, uh, and then we, you know, take some pictures and hope for the best. But this was a quick situation. <laughs> we pulled over, we had to get the camera out of the bag get it set up, roll down the window, take the picture. And, and yeah, you took about probably a dozen pictures and most of them were pretty fuzzy and not right. quite and focused. And then, well, and you say you know, a dozen pictures, but it's on rapid fire. Right. So that's what I mean. But the heat, had, the heat had evaporated enough that you I got think, a couple of good shots. I think that it was a series of some lucky shots. Yeah. Um, 
the the eagle did not want to stay put. They're not as compliant as some snowy owls are. They, you know, you pull over, it makes them nervous. And so he did take off from the branch he was sitting on, which is great, honestly, because an eagle just sitting on a branch is an okay picture. Right. But this picture is a picture of an eagle with his wings spread all the way out, making a beautiful little crescent. Yeah. His, uh, their wings are, you know, six, seven feet wide. They're, they're really quite a big wingspan on eagles. Yeah. He's, um, he's not necessarily staring at us, but you can see his eyeball pretty clearly. You can even see a little reflection of light in his eye. Yep. He was, There's blue sky behind him and, and naked tree branches. And like I said, his wings are spread out nicely. This, I, I, I'm going to say it's a lucky shot. Now, our my photography mentor, Jim Doty, would say luck is a combination of years of practice and knowledge. So when the, when the opportunity presents itself, you're ready to do it. So I guess maybe I should take a little credit for years of practice and being ready to get this shot. Yeah. I mean, we we've been at it a long time. You've been at it a lot, lot longer than I have, but um, yeah, knowing the settings for your camera and, and knowing what you should be looking for, you know, knowing how the animal's going to react and all those other things are all part of that. And then uh, the, the luck is sometimes just having it fill up your frame at the right time. Yeah. So so this was the first shot of the day. I was pretty excited about this. Eagles have gotten more common in Michigan, especially in northern Michigan, in the last 20 or 30 years. Yeah, the last 20 years in particular, last well, 10 years. And really, the right. they've really exploded quite a bit. When you and I first got married and I moved to Michigan, if we saw an eagle, it was really rare. something. Yeah. It was really rare. It was, But now, well... What did you see yesterday without saw, leaving home? I saw three of them here on here in the campgrounds where we live. Yeah. So, um, well, there just happens to be, for some reason, um, there's a deer that died out on the lake just a little ways from our house here. and On the ice. Yeah, on the ice. And um, there was six ravens and three eagles that were taking turns eating off the carcass. So I know you went outside yesterday and you shoveled some sidewalks and you came back and you said, there's ravens all over the place. There must be something dead. Yeah. And then I went back and I did some work on. And you told me you thought you heard eagles. Right. And then I was over working on one of the buildings, um, taking some ice off of the roof of the building actually. And I could, I could hear like two eagles that were making their distinctive um, sounds there like talking to each other and then i i think it's i'm kind of impressed that you know what eagles sound like when they're talking to each other <laughs> yeah well i've You've heard been them a few a times while. yeah <laughs> yeah and uh sure enough i looked up and there was one circling a little ways off on over the lake from where i was working and so i came back and told you that and got the camera got the camera and did a little trudge through the snow and and found them down on the lake and uh, they saw me and didn't want me to be too close to me so they kind of hopped away from where they were at so I never got any decent pictures of Plus them. Plus yesterday was kind of a half snowing, half rainy. Yeah, it was rainy day. and there was just kind of miserable gray. But it's always fun to try. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's always cool to see them. As a matter of fact, on the day that we got this picture that we're showing today of the eagle taking off in flight, we took a drive. There's a um, commercial dump in the UP. Landfill, yeah. A landfill. And so we took a little drive up there because you can always see a number of different kind of birds by the landfill and usually lots of eagles. And we did see lots of eagles that day, but they must have had their fill of garbage. And they were all sitting in trees in the woods on the outskirts of the landfill area, too far away from where we could get pictures yeah, they of them. Were, but you know, we, we saw were, dozens, yeah. dozens of them. Yeah, there was, you know, trees with seven or eight in one tree and um yeah so there's I lots of eagles around that's what i picture alaska to be like well they say we've never been there they say that the eagles in alaska are like the seagulls around here there's just so many and at of the them. landfill you've got eagles and seagulls yep they must <laughs> like each other a lot all right so moving on that day as we did our little um would you say we have a specific route we do when we're looking for a great gray we do. We kind of go back to the place where we last saw one. Right. I don't I don't know if that's a smart thing to do or if that's just wishful thinking thing it's to do. It's probably just wishful thinking as far as that goes. And it seems like once you've seen something in an area, you should always be able to see something in that area. But we do we do go around, you know, within a ten mile radius or so of what where we we saw them. Um but we had yeah. also heard that people had spotted a hawk owl. Yes. Which, which is kind of rare in the area. So we were kind of keeping our eye out for, for that. Which we, we never also did, did find, not find. We didn't find either one of the owls we were looking for yeah. at that time. But in the area that we last saw a great gray, we came across this next photo, which is of a... Pileated woodpecker. Pileated is, it, is what I say. Is it pileated or pileated? I or call them pileated. Some people call them pileated. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, I think so. A pileated woodpecker is about the size of a crow. Yeah, small crow. Um, yeah. They're, they're pretty impressive. They're the they're the king of the woodpeckers. I think around here, anyways, they're the biggest woodpeckers out there. The um, pileated woodpeckers back in the early 1900s were almost. Um, driven to extinction because they were hunted for their feathers, which were used on women's hats. Good job, ladies. <laughs> so it, if you look at this picture or if you know what a pileated woodpecker looks like, they have the most beautiful bright red crown. Do you call that a crown? On I the would on top of their head. Yeah. Crest. Is it also called a crest? The crested. Some birds are called crested. I don't know if that refers to their head or their, sometimes the crest might be on their chest. I don't okay. know. All right. Well, I don't know that much technically about birds, but they, I know that they had these beautiful red feathers on their head and that's what they were hunted for. Sure. Um, and they are impressive and they make a sound that sounds like what I think a pterodactyl should sound like. Yeah. This seems very prehistoric when you hear them and uh, the way they fly, they have a really very distinct uh, flight pattern when they their wings when they fly just they kind of bob up and down as they fly through the air too they have a big sharp beak of course yeah and when they pound away on a tree man it sounds like a carpenter at work oh they they're almost like a wood 
uh, chipper, like a chipper. Yeah, they they throw they throw wood and bark and pieces of wood and yeah, pelagated woodpeckers have made a really good comeback in the last ten or twenty years yeah. as well. Yeah, and on the campgrounds where Bill and I live and work, um, we often see them here. We see a lot of their destructive aftermath. Sometimes in the spring, we'll go find trees that have been, you know, attacked by pileated woodpeckers that will have a two or three foot pile of wood chips under the tree. It's yeah, just crazy what they do. They can be 15, 16 inches thick trees that they've drilled holes literally through the trees. Exactly. To get, exactly. You know, they're after the ants that are in the trees. That's their primary or diet bugs. or whatever bug that's Grubs. in there. Yeah, yeah, but uh, they but seem to know they can feel them with their feet and they go after them. I think and... that they can maybe even hear because you see them like turn their head. Yep. I turned my head as I was saying that, like as if you could see me. <laughs> Anyways, they're, um, and also I've been told that they will pound on something to make a loud noise because that helps distinguish their territory. Well, I know their cousins, the flicker, do that all the time. If they can find a metal barrel or something. It'll beat on it forever just to claim their territory. I it's... remember our neighbor um, uh, it, where we previously lived, Dennis Havlina, telling us about being at his cabin in the UP and a woodpecker had discovered his oil tank, yeah. his fuel tank, and was pounding on that because it made a heck of a racket. Scared off everything else around. Yeah, exactly. He had the whole place to himself. And, he, and Dennis said there was no sleeping in. Uh, <laughs> yep. So anyways, we sat and we watched this pileated woodpecker go after this tree, and it was just destroying this tree. You can see a little bit in this picture to the right where he had already tore off bark and dug right into that tree. Yeah, this is a dead popple tree that obviously was full of grubs and ants, and he was cleaning up. But the funny part was, if you go to the next picture, taking advantage of the pileated woodpecker's hard work was a much smaller was his little cousin the fuzzy or downy woodpecker i think is what they call I think these this is a little downy woodpecker yep so the downy woodpecker is the size of a robin yeah and this guy was always two or three feet behind the pileated as the pileated woodpecker worked his way up the up the tree and um so he would take advantage of the spots where the the bigger bird had already opened up the tree and he was he wasn't having to work too hard to find his dinner no he was pretty smart he was on the pile on the on the ground once in a while picking yeah. through stuff and yeah i love this picture of the downy because look at him he's acting like a big shot yeah <laughs> someday someday i'll be like that guy above me he's got his breast yeah, you know his chest pumped out. out and he's just when my 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 head gets totally red watch out yeah it makes me think of the. Do you remember the Bugs Bunny cartoons where there was the big dog yeah. with the little dog that wanted to always tag along? I'll be your friend. Can oh, I be your friend? Hey, George. Hey, George. Need a friend? <laughs> I think this little downy woodpecker was smart as could be. Yep. He was uh, taking advantage of the other guy's hard work. That's for sure. That was kind of humorous to see all of that. So after we'd seen the woodpeckers, we'll go on to our next picture and. We wandered along uh, on our route that we... Rudy! Do you remember Rudy? <laughs> this is a picture of Rudy, the snowy owl. On top of his crown, his large mushroom that was made in behalf of Rudy himself. <laughs> if you get a chance to see this picture, what we're looking at 
is that we found a snowy owl, and this one looks like it was almost pure white, which means it was a male. Yep. On top of a water tower. And also on top of this water tower are a bunch of, it looks like, um, cell phone antennas. Yeah, radio and, transmitters of one thing or another. Right. Mostly cell phone towers, I think. And, and this snowy owl decided to sit on top of one of those pieces of equipment on top of a water tower where he must have had the best view for 20 <laughs> miles or more for 20 miles again this was an unusual blue sky day and uh, so that that was kind of fun and exciting to spot that snowy owl way up there now keep in mind we have um, a big zoom lens so from the ground in our car we were all the way zoomed out so we could get a picture. Most people would probably carry on about their day and never know that there were snowy a snowy owl on top of this water tower. It always cracks me up about snowy owls being up so high around here because, you know, they're from the tundra where there is no trees. There's there's no elevation. It's just I know. that. Flat and- I always think about that, too. Like, they must just be so thrilled when they winter over in... Yeah. Um, the lower United States or the northern United States and yeah, yeah, southern Canada. They just must be so tickled to have, you know, electric poles and tall trees and water towers to perch upon. Right. The snowy owls, as we have observed, they aren't necessarily nocturnal where they sleep the entire day and then hunt all night. But it seems like their pattern is they hunt in the morning and they hunt in the evening. They do kind of hunker down in the middle part of the day. And this evidently is where this guy decided he was going to hunker down on top of the water tower. Yeah, I don't know if he was just just uh, passing through and that was a good spot to start to just hang out for a while or what. But uh, Boy, he, I wish he'd been he wasn't closer. hunting anything up there. That's for sure. He was sleeping, I yeah. think. I wish that we could have been closer to this guy because he looks like a real beauty. He is almost all white. And I'm zooming in and you can see one of the pieces of equipment says lighthouse.net, which I think is one of the internet services in the in the UP. In the UP. Yeah. So I found them online and I sent them a copy of this picture. And they asked me for permission if they could use it to send out in their newsletter or to their members. or So I'll never know probably if they did it or not, but I told gave them permission i said just credit quiet shutter photography and go ahead yeah i think it's pretty sweet yeah yeah Yeah, it was fun fun to spot that one so let's go to our next picture the up is the up has its own personality (laughs) right it does i mean i honestly i feel really at home in the up most most of the time it's it's a laid back Pretty easygoing. And it's quirky. Yeah. You got to admit, it's quirky. So um, this year, if you really want to find snow, you need to go to Munising, Michigan. Munising to Marquette. Just past Marquette. There's there's probably at least three feet of snow on the ground there, but not around here. So in this next picture, we found Bigfoot. Bigfoot was stuck in a snow bank. He's stuck. You can find Bigfoot at several locations in the up and he always looks the same funny thing 
It's always got that same look on his face. I was watching a documentary on Netflix, and it might have been called Finding Bigfoot, which I thought might be a documentary about Bigfoot, you know, the legends of Bigfoot and Yeti and all that kind of turns out it's about drugs. Mm-hmm. But um, in any case, they do talk about Bigfoot and this iconic look that you see everywhere, wherever somebody sticks out a statue of Bigfoot or a cut out painted black. Yeah, of there's Bigfoot. lots of black silhouettes around everywhere. Right. Yeah. But it's always in this position, this kind of slightly hunched over, looking back over the shoulder a little bit. And they show in that documentary the man who actually dressed up like Bigfoot in a scam. You know, other, I don't, three, two or three men were involved in this where they, the one guy dressed up as Bigfoot and walked through the woods and the other guys filmed him with a, you know, super grainy, shaky kind of a camera. And that has become iconic of what perhaps Bigfoot is. But at one point in that little, you know, several seconds of film, the man kind of walks hunched over and he kind of looks back over his shoulder. And that has become the iconic look of Bigfoot everywhere you go. Yep. So one pose in time. Here was Bigfoot. I think he was in front of the Dairy Queen or the equivalent Dippy Whip store that's in Munising. That's not open this time of year. Yeah, that's the look. He's he's that's the look. That's the look. When you're wanting to get ice cream. Oh my God, I've seen you look like that. Well, you know why. <laughs> There's I've nothing seen... more maddening than to go to the Dairy Queen <laughs> and find out that it's closed. You turn into an angry Bigfoot. Yeah. Before you know it, your wife throws you in the snowbank and drives away. <laughs> and you're going to stay there and wait. Till spring. Till I'm going to be the Queen first opens. one in line. <laughs> you did announce to me the other day that how many days? Oh, there's only nine days till it opens up around here. Till the Dairy Queen in Sheboygan opens. Yeah. On my you birthday. Hello. Days. Yeah. <laughs> right. They do it for you because it's on your birthday. Seems to be the pattern. February 28th every year. Yep. So have we ever actually gone to the Dairy Queen in Sheboygan on your birthday? Oh, no, we haven't. Well, we maybe this year. Maybe this year. I be have year. before you and I knew each other. But really? Yeah. Is that what your family did for you? No. You did it by yourself? Yeah, well, when I was in high school and could drive myself, yes. That's sad. But that sounds really sad. No, my <laughs> my birthday, I always got a really nice staled out cake from the bakery in town. But that's a story for another day. Um, you digress. <laughs> I can bake you a staled out cake. I know you can. You don't like cake. No. Which is bad for someone who was... A baker. Yeah. Anyways, Bigfoot. This was only one of the ones we saw. Yep. The next picture is also very typical of what you see in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan in the winter, in January. Yes. What are we looking at, Bill? This is a picture of the parking lot of Andy's Bar and Grill in Sini, Michigan. Which is um, in the pretty par- much full of snowmobiles. This picture is... This is the parking lot. There's like eight or ten snowmobiles. Then there was another, this many more. They were outside of the shot here. And there was two cars in the parking in lot. In this picture, you can't even see a car. And the two cars were probably the employees. They probably were. So this time of year, in the Upper Peninsula, 
the way to get around is on a snowmobile and people come from far and wide to snowmobile. There's a lot of groomed trails and stuff for people to play in the snow up in the UP. I mean, look at the parking lot here. It's you can see it's all snowmobile track. There's not even any car tracks. In yes. And you know what else? They don't scrape it down to the pavement there because ah. that screws up the snowmobiles. They, so they do. That they cater purpose. to snowmobiles. They do not scrape the side, the, the parking lots and I mean, places that want to want to uh, cater to snowmobiles. There are some businesses in the UP that opposite to the logic that we're used to, where things are quiet in the winter and busy in the summer. These businesses actually open up for the winter to cater to snowmobilers and close in the summer and do something else. Yeah, unless they have a summer business as well. And a lot of like these guys, now I don't know about Andy's, but a lot of uh, small mom and pop uh, hotels and stuff will actually, like the first of April, they'll take the month of April off. They're just completely closed and and go somewhere or just relax and and. Uh, you and I have gone into Andy's Bar, which is in Sini, Sini, yep, Michigan, once because we were we'd been at the Sini Wildlife Refuge all day taking pictures, yep. and we were hungry. Yep. And there, there's not a lot of restaurants. There are a few, but um, we thought, well, let's go in there and get a hamburger and French fries. Yeah. And so we went in, and what happened? Do you remember? Well, it was the end of the season. The grill was broken. The grill was broken. And all they had, the fryer was okay, though. The fryer was. But they were uh, out of French fries. They were out of French fries. Because I would have been happy just eating a plate of yeah. French fries. Well, we'll just get an order of fries. Oh, we're out of those. They had like cheese, cheese curds. And cheese curds. Jalapeno poppers. Deep fried pickles. <laughs> jalapeno poppers. Mozzarella sticks. We and left. Whatever frosty treats we they went still to the gas had left. station, yeah. got a bag of what? chips. <laughs> mm, no thanks. We were probably hangry all the way home. Yeah, I think so. For some reason, there is a pretty nice restaurant in Germfast that's on the other side of the Sinu Wildlife. We hadn't restaurant. gone that way though. But we hadn't gone that way, and yeah. And when you say pretty nice restaurant, well, it's all relevant. It's an it's an Upper okay. Peninsula mom and pop restaurant. Pretty good food, if you know. Yep. You're looking for a hamburger. You have a or really a good pasty. Or... Yep. Yep. All right. Oh, another weird and wonderful thing you find in Michigan's UP. The next picture is another myth- mythical beast. Oh, yes. Larger than life Santa Claus in Christmas, Michigan. This is in Chris- Christmas, <laughs> Michigan. There is the North Pole and a Santa Claus. That looks like he's as high as the telephone wires. He almost is. He's way up there. This this cutout painted Santa Claus in Christmas, Michigan. It stands in front of a gift store, I believe. Yep. I don't it, even know if it's in business anymore or not. I don't know either. But the this he looks like he's in pretty good repair. His paint job looks Somebody's nice. Somebody's painted him fresh recently. He has a little snowman down there. Yeah, he's got a sidekick and, now, like a little fuzzy woodpecker just waiting for some crumbs yeah right it's like the downy woodpecker yeah <laughs> this is a little snowman that only goes up to santa's kneecap yeah this um this santa claus is just iconic in the yeah and didn't you tell me that when you were a kid like this santa claus has been there for our this has lives. been here 50 years or more yeah and didn't you say that when you were a kid they had a bear a live bear yeah this was a gift star gift store and, and grocery store and a gas station 
and they did. They had a, a black bear in a pen that you could buy apples and uh, they had a tube that you would drop the apple in and it would slide through to the bear and the bear would eat the apple and everybody was happy. <laughs> That's not legal anymore. Right. Yeah. But you know what? Before that, in times before that, it was common for gas stations or little um, stores in rural places to have a black bear sometimes simply tied up to a chain. Yeah, this these this guy was, uh, or gal, was in in a fence as far as that goes. But yeah, I remember places that had black bear with a big... That's terrible. Big metal collar and on a chain. I'm and, glad we have evolved. Yeah, thank goodness. But Santa lives. Santa lives on. And Santa has seen it all with those crazy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you've ever driven through Christmas, Michigan, you will recognize this Santa. Yes. And his very distinct pointing hands. And you know what? I'm just noticing now that his pointing finger. Yeah. He's pointing to the Dairy Queen. Down in Munising. <laughs> I just observed that. That's well, what. Well, that's what he's doing. The one hand's going, don't stop here. Dairy Queen is Go, keep down going. the road. Yeah. Well, Yeti must have taken his advice, and no wonder he was so ticked off. Yeah. All right. Back to the birds. Next picture. The next picture is a picture of a snowy owl on top of an old, boy, is that a chicken coop, a barn, an old homestead? What is that? Uh, it's just an, I think it's just an outbuilding from one, an old homestead. And uh, yeah, we call it the ruins. Yeah. Because it's, it's definitely tumbling down. You can see there's a few old um, colored asphalt shingles that are still hanging on there. But the building itself is totally pile of rumble. And uh, I always like the pile sit. of rumble. Rumble. Yeah. Rubble. <laughs> Sowie. The owl was ready to rumble. Yeah. This owl is either a female or a juvenile uh, because it's quite spotted. Um, right. Beautiful white face, bright yellow eye. Um, he's he's sitting with his back to us, but he's got his head twisted, turned around, looking directly at us with one of his stink eyes. One of his stink eyes. And he's sitting on the, the top point of this ruin. There are lots of old barns and old buildings in the Upper Peninsula that are in varying stages of decay and falling down. And it seems like the snowy owls love those areas. Well, a couple of things there. There's they're they're a nice little perch to be able to see aways, but quite often these little these uh, spots also attract a lot of rodents, which that's what so. they like to eat. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, a snowy owl probably they eat small birds and voles and mice and that stuff. Right. The majority, but they could eat something as large as a rabbit. Oh yeah. Yep. Or a small. Yep. Small dog, dog or your cat. Cats. <laughs> Little things. My mother just told me a story. She lives in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. And she said that um, they've had some snowy owls that have wintered over in town this year. And uh, people are reporting seeing snowy owls in their backyards. And one lady let her little dog out in the backyard. And then she heard the dog making a big stink. And she went out and the big white owl was was trying to carry off her dog and the dog ended up with a wound of course and then the late the homeowner wanted the city to get rid of the get rid of the of snowy of course owls. she did <laughs> yeah that one the animal's got to be killed right 
but everybody else, I guess, was saying, come on, they're wild animals. We've had owls around here forever. A little dog should never go out in the backyard by himself. So, anyways, and then I think this might be our last picture, Bill, of the day. Oh, yeah. That was a good way to end the day. This was a good way. So, we pulled over. We're... um, there was a pole barn. There was an owl sitting on top of a pole barn. Not very interesting. No. I mean, an owl sitting on top of an old barn is kind of a romantic scene. You know, it's. Yeah. But a pole not, barn. Not so much a metal pole barn. A metal, metal pole barn. Not so much. And he had been there a while because if you get a chance to look at this picture, you can see he had done his fair amount of peeing and pooping and. Leaving his mark. Leaving his mark on this spot. Yes. But we decided we'd pull over and see what he did. So we pulled over and let all the hot air of the car <laughs> focused in. I probably probably took several pictures of him sitting on top of the pole barn. And, but he was really looking around, right? Oh, yeah. He was. There was other owls in the area. It was getting late in the too. day. It was getting late in the day. And, and when it gets to be that time of the day, they, they get a little bit more active and they're very aware of the other owls that yeah, might be in like their area. It seems like they're talking to and, each other, yeah, too. Yeah, you can hear them screeching a little bit at each other. And, uh, yeah, one of the reasons we looked at, um, we pulled over, because we've, we've never been able to get a picture of a snowy owl with a mouse or something, and it's... Yeah, we're always looking for that. We're always looking for that, so... And there was some, you know, some black spots on the roof. They thought, well, maybe there's, maybe there's a mouse laying there. Yeah, it's, it's just, that's not a mouse that's in the picture. It's, <laughs> I mean, it could be an owl pellet. Digested just... mouse probably, but yeah. So as we were looking at him, he, something caught his eye. Yeah. And all of a sudden he stretched out those humongous wings. I think their wingspan is bigger than the bald eagle. They may be. Um, they are, you would never, ever know how big the wingspan on these snowy owls are. And when they're just sitting, you have no idea. They're sitting, they're kind of folded in next to them. And, but when they stretch them out, it is impressive. So this is a picture of the owl as he first took off from his perch. You can see a little dust up of snow where he Yeah, he just pushed off the building. Yeah, because you can see the snow that he pushed up as he took off his feet. Are still not quite under him, and, uh, and he's, he's yeah. just extending his wings all the way. Really, you and got it, a you got a really good shot on this uh, one. You know, there was probably three or four shots that turned out really good. The eyeball is in focus and sharp. You can see his pupil, and yep. you can see his little beak tucked in there. And um, I wasn't sure. You know, when you're, I was focused on him sitting, 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 and then he took off, and you only have split seconds to try and follow him and and get the pictures as they go and you're i'm always a little bit not sure if i even got anything but uh came home and threw him up on the computer and i was tickled that i had three or four of him taking off and spreading his wings and his wings up and his wings down and just beautiful yeah if you actually can zoom in on this picture it's actually it looks more impressive when you zoom in on this picture just because of the detail that the camera actually picked up so yeah good and shot Winnie again amazing because you know there is there was a little atmosphere was getting a little bit dark yep you know um it's amazing what our modern day cameras can pick up from how far do you think we were from that owl we were on the on the road shooting oh, 100 from the yards or more I think 200 yards maybe I'm no judge of distance I'm bad no at obviously that, but... you're not 
because it was probably a hundred yards, but it's still yeah. to get the detail in yeah, his eyeball yeah, no, like I'm, that. I'm not disregarding that. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. So that was fun. That was exciting. Yeah. And then we packed up and went home because what do you? How good can it get after that? Yeah. I no, mean, actually, it was too getting. It too was dark. getting. It got pretty dark pretty quick after that. Actually, that's the thing about winter. As we. From where you took this picture, we had another couple of miles of places we could have seen owls. We just didn't. And, uh, yeah, and it was like, let's just get on the highway and go. Yeah. So that's what we do in the winter to lift our spirits. Yeah, so now we're just waiting for another sunny day, which hasn't happened for a while. <laughs> yeah, is there a sunny day predicted? Um, This weekend, actually. Well, we will it's have Thursday to, now, so only another we'll day have to and get a half all of our and, work done that we have to get done, so that we can hop in the car and. Yep, sounds like a good plan. And go find Yeti. Oh yeah, there's sweaty Yeti. He's stuck in the snowbank. <laughs> He's first in line at the Dairy Queen. That's what he is. Oh my God, are you going to be second in line after Yeti? Maybe, unless I can cut in front of him. Oh, don't mess with Yeti. He will. He might be upset. <laughs> So thanks for listening and uh, stay tuned. Uh, no guarantees when our next podcast is going to be. We'll surprise you with it. Yeah. When we we'll find something you. fun, we're definitely going to sh share the love and hope you uh, tune in the next time we come around. Thanks for listening. Bye. Have a great day.